Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. For the past few weeks, we've had the opportunity to read from John's Gospel. And all the stories from John's Gospel pointed to one thing, Jesus' identity and why he is in this world to save us. Remember last week, the story of the woman at the well? The woman learned later in the story, and we learned also, that Jesus literally is the well that we must drink from. And as long as we drink from the well of Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life and life in abundance. Well, this week, Jesus gives us that beautiful story of the man born blind. And in it, we truly see how we are to see the presence of God in this world, but also how people are deliberately blinded by Jesus and his identity. Now, notice how it begins. The apostles ask Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he is born blind? Now, the apostles believe that this man's blindness is due to his own actions, his sinfulness. Now, this was a very common belief in the ancient world. Illness, suffering, hardships, whether they were economic, emotional, physical, was the result of a grave offense against God. And therefore, God was more or less getting back at you with your suffering. So whatever you suffered from, essentially it was in retaliation for the sin you committed against God. So take for us, for example, maybe we suffer from high cholesterol, maybe high blood pressure, maybe heart disease, whatever it may be, diabetes. Well, in the ancient world, the people would say, your diabetes or your heart disease is a result of your sinfulness. Well, we know in the 21st century that it's just rubbish. We know what causes our diseases. But in the ancient world, they didn't realize that. They equated suffering with sinfulness. And so now we begin to understand why the apostles asked Jesus that question. But take it to a spiritual level. What does sin really do? It weakens the will. It clouds our mind. To such an extent, we can't see the things that God has meant for us to see. You see this up and down sacred scripture. Just look in Mark's gospel, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Where is he sitting? At the walls of Jericho, Sin City. It was notorious for sinfulness. Well, what's the implication here? Well, I think we are all made to identify with this blind man. I think St. John, in telling us the story, is teaching us that we must all identify with this man born blind. Why? Well, turn to St. John Chrysostom. When he reflected upon this gospel story, he said, because of original sin, we are all born spiritually blind. But to be made holy, we must see the world through the eyes of God. Well, how do we do that? Well, to see the world through the eyes of God, 
we see that the entire world, this entire universe is connected or rooted in God. And why not? God created everything. He created this entire world, this entire universe. Therefore, it's all rooted in God. And so are we. You know, the saints saw this clearly. That's why they lived such lives. They lived out that vision, seeing everything rooted in God. And yet, what does sin do? Well, it clouds our perspective to the extent that we can't see that we're rooted or connected to God. Worse yet, it uproots us from God. And therefore, we become spiritually blinded from seeing the presence of God in our life. Now, notice what Jesus says. He corrects the apostles and he says, Neither he nor their parents have sinned. Next, he says, I am the light of the world. Now, if you study John's gospel, Jesus is always saying these I am phrases. I am the bread of life. I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the good shepherd. Well, here he says, I am the light of the world. What's the implication? The more and more we draw closer to Christ, the more Christ's divine illuminating light enlightens us, such that now we see very clearly the presence of God in this world and how we are connected to God. We see with great clarity. So what must we do? Align ourselves to God. Align our will and our intellect. Align our heart, our mind, and our soul to God. And in doing so, then we will clearly see and always be rooted in God and his presence in this world. Paul puts it the best from Ephesians. He says, it is no longer I who lives, but God who lives in me. Paul sees with great clarity how he is rooted in God. Next in the story, it says, Jesus spat on the ground. St. Augustine, when reflecting upon this gospel, he said the spit represents Jesus' divinity, his divine creative power. The earth that he molds the clay from represents his humanity. Jesus now creates this salve that's going to heal this blind man, but he also is a great healer of us. Jesus is always present among us to heal of us, to heal us of our sick sinfulness. Notice, too, the salve that Jesus makes. It comes from clay that he molds himself out of his own hands. Where else do we see God molding clay out of his own hands? Well, the story of creation, Genesis chapter 2. God molds Adam and Eve out of clay, but they only come to life when God breathes into their nostrils and humanity comes alive. That's why the Hebrew word for clay is Adama. That's where they get the name for Adam from. So God creates ex nihilo, from nothing. Therefore, Jesus, you could say in this story, is finishing the work of creation. The work of creation was abruptly ended with the sin of Adam and Eve. But now Jesus comes into this world and with this blind man finishes the work of creation. He heals us and gives us sight. See, when Jesus looks into our life, he sees the effects of sin. Therefore, he's naturally inclined to heal us. What must we do? Allow Jesus to come into our life. Open our heart, our mind, our soul, our will, and our intellect for Jesus. And through his creative power, he restores our spiritual vision. That's why 
Jesus is given many different titles. One of the best titles I love is Soterier, which in Greek means healer. In Latin, it's Salvatore, which means bearer of health. That's where we get the word salve. Next, Jesus puts the salve on this man's eyes, and then he tells him to go wash. Now, that's rich in symbolism. In fact, if you read John's Gospel, no detail should be left attended. John's Gospel is rich in symbolism. Jesus tells the man to wash because it symbolizes of our baptism, a moment in which our parents took us to church to be baptized. And in doing so, we were washed clean from the stain of original sin. Our eyes became wide open, and therefore we were able to see with clarity how we are rooted in the presence of God in this world. But it didn't stop there. Instead, in the subsequent sacraments of confession, the Eucharist, confirmation, we began to see with great clarity how we are rooted in the presence of God in our life. That's why it's so important for us to remain in the church. As long as we remain in the church, the church teaches us and helps us to always see with great clarity the spiritual and the moral life. Now, I can't tell you how many people who have left the church no longer see with great spiritual or moral clarity. They no longer see themselves connected to God. Now, you think this story ends here. No, it doesn't. In fact, if anything, it starts to heat up. Now, if you notice in all four of the Gospels, whenever Jesus heals or performs miracles, for the most part, the people are happy, especially the people that are healed. And they're also amazed at his miracles. But there's always that small segment of the population that becomes upset and angry, and they'll do anything to undermine Jesus' miracles. We see that now with the Pharisees. The first thing that they do is they try to say that the man whose sight was restored is not the blind man. Instead, the true blind man is still running around out there and still blind. But notice the blind man's response. He says, it's me. I was the man. Well, next, the Pharisees try a legal trick. They say, well, it's, it's not lawful to cure on the Sabbath. It's against the Mosaic law. Therefore, he's not a disciple of Moses. And what he did was not in line with God. And the power that he had to cure may have come from dark powers. Now, notice the blind man's response. It's a very simple spiritual statement. He says, hey, all I know, I was blind, Jesus cured me, and I think Jesus is the prophet. Now, what are the Pharisees really doing? They're doing everything in their power to deny the miracle. Why? Because, I think it can be traced to the apostles' initial question at the very beginning of the story. They're asking, who is to blame? Well, the Pharisees refuse to see Jesus as the Messiah. They refuse to see that Jesus is the Son of God. They refuse to see that we are all rooted in God. You could say the Pharisees have a self-imposed blindness. And really, that's the beauty of the story. Jesus turns the table on these Pharisees. The Pharisees are really the ones that are blinded. They refuse to see who God is and how we are connected to him. In fact, they become so angry, they kick this blind man out of the synagogue. They throw him out of the church. Now, this is the beautiful part of the story. 
Jesus, he finds out the man was kicked out of the synagogue. And so what does he do? He directly pursues this man. Here is the image of the good shepherd who actively goes after the people that are lost. He finds the man and then he welcomes them into the community. That is a beautiful story. Jesus, he finds this man. He allows the man to see. He cures his blindness. He then finds him after being lost and welcomes him into the community. Notice too at the very end, it said, Jesus identified himself to the man and immediately the man began to worship Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? You know, this is our story. We are all born spiritually blind because of original sin. And yet, because of our baptism, we are washed clean of that. Now we are able to see. And through subsequent sacraments, staying in the church, now we belong to a community, to our parishes. And now we see with great clarity, with great spiritual and moral clarity, that we are all connected and rooted in God. And in doing so, every week, we come to church and we worship and we praise God. See, that's why this story is such a great story about us and all of humanity and what Jesus does for us, how he is the source of curing us of our sinfulness, and in doing so, he keeps us rooted in him where we belong. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Can't afford not to. Lent is only two weeks away. Reread this gospel passage this week and recognize the blind man is a story about us and what Jesus does to us and how he heals us and he keeps us always rooted in him. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.